back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my linemate Matt with me. And today we're going to go over the Blackhawks' latest win. I love saying that because we're on a winning streak. You know, two wins is considered a streak. Hawks play on Friday. That's tomorrow. Can't wait for that one. And um, we're going to give you some NHL news. So, Matt, I'll tell you what, man. Those first two periods against Pittsburgh, I thought were good. I thought they played good hockey. Uh, they were physical. Uh, defense was good. And then in the third period, it seems like they kind of let their foot off of the table a little bit. At the end of the second period, it was 2-0. Uh, going into that third period, th- you know, they, they gave Pittsburgh enough room to have some life. And Pittsburgh, you know, they, they brought it in that third period. They tied it up 2-2, two two, went into the... Uh, overtime, Hawks had their chances in overtime in the OT, and actually they also had their chances at the end of the uh, end of the third period with a few uh, power plays and couldn't get the job done. But we won in the in the uh, shootout, and uh, that's really all that matters, man. We got to win. It'd be nice to finish them off in in regular in regular time. But what did you take from that game? Well, I listened to the last podcast we did, and you said you want. He wanted Seth Jones to shoot more, and he shot, and it was an elite shot over the blocker, I believe. Right. And I just thought that was a world-class shot by that guy, and I'm glad he got on the board. Um, Yeah, man, that 2-on-0 in overtime, I thought that was it with the Cat and Kaner. Yeah. Uh, I think they maybe did one too many passes and gave the goalie some more time to set. I think it was Jari in net. But, uh, hey, man, it's all about getting the two, and they got it, so... They had a good game, and uh, Coach King is two and zero. Yes, he is. <laughs> Let's I get like that. The, uh, what's the What's the trophy called? The Jack Adams. Yeah. He, he's in the running. Yeah, could yeah. you imagine that? Uh, yeah. What What a complete turnaround. So, uh, I thought uh, Juju Kyra. You know, he had a good he had a good goal. That's right. Uh, yeah. He had a good goal in that game. Uh, Jake First McC- goal. Yep. Jake McCabe has been noticeable. I would definitely say the past two games, it looks like he's playing more of his style. He's been hitting a few guys, hasn't really been jumping up too much. You know, he's not trying to make these, you know, three-line passes. And I think that's really helping the team. Yeah, that was uh, a great goal by Cairo, his first goal. Uh, I think it was a nice pass by Taves, actually. Yeah, it, it was. was nice turnaround. Very nice pass by Taves. Uh, you know, he's Taves isn't on the board yet, but he he's contributing in other ways. He... Obviously, would like to fix that plus minus. I mean, all the Hawks are. I think every single Hawk is a minus, which is kind of sad. Um, actually, I'm. I'm sorry. No, we have one guy that is. No, I'm wrong. Everybody's a minus, so we got to fix that. We got to start protecting our goaltenders and play better D. But I, I did notice that Gustafson wasn't out as much last game as he was when uh, Colleton was the coach. I think he was averaging 20 or something a game. Yeah. And he only got, like, I want to say 13 minutes last game. So, obviously, the new coach knows what's going on. You're not going to put that guy out there who causes way too many scoring chances for the other team. Yeah. Actually, I thought I read somewhere that he was uh, he had 11 minutes, which yeah, uh, kind of goes to show him. you that Sorry. the writing's kind of on the wall. Yeah, it's not uh, fitting in uh, King's system, uh, and it's working out the the way that they're playing. We we did end up uh, getting outshot in the third by Pittsburgh. I think that we we were we were the better team in the first two periods, but they they kind of held back a little bit, and you just you can't do that. You have to go full speed for the whole game and don't let up. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I did notice that it seemed like Gustafson came out specifically in power play, um, in power play situations or in offensive situations. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no doubt he's good. He's a good puck mover, and he he's he sees the game better in the offensive zone. But he the, the problem is that's we we need we need guys that are one dimensional defensive guys, and he clearly can't do it. But hey. If we could put him on the power play and he's producing, it's it's worth it, I guess. But if he's going to be out there for twenty minutes a game, like Seth Jones and uh, Connor Murphy type of minutes, it's not it's not going to be good because they're gonna gonna we're gonna give up too many scoring chances for the opponents. You know what? I don't see a reason why we don't give him a shot at right wing. <laughs> yeah, or trade him to the Sharks and have Carlson and Gustafson play on the wings. <laughs> yeah, they might put up 130 points, dude. Yeah, but they'll be minus a thousand. <laughs> uh, Flurry looked pretty good in that. Uh, I I think yeah. that he's you know he like needed I, it, man. Like I mentioned before, I think th- the better team he has in front of him, the more he can shut out a team. I don't think he's the type of guy who could stand on his head for a bad team. But uh, he he definitely played. I thought I thought he played well. It seemed like he saw the puck better as well. Uh, during the last game, and um, and you know, I just kind of want him to get settled in. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to turn into a, you know, Flurry's getting a majority of the starts, and then we go with Lincoln in because, you know, Lincoln's, I th- I think he's been pretty good this season so far. Maybe they swap him. I don't know, but um, yeah, I would keep doing that. I would just uh, if the guy loses, put the next guy in, and just kind of keep let keep the hot guy in, and if, once he loses, just switch him up. Yeah. Got nothing to lose right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, moving forward, do you, what do you see? Do you think that the power the power play and the PK will continue to get better? I think our power play isn't bad. I know we, you have to score in the end, but I like what I see with the, the puck moving. I know they're trying to hit the Brinkat on that side just for, so he could fire it in. But, uh, you know, the puck possession has been good. I, I think Seth Jones is a big part of that, too. He's he, he's very good with the puck. I'm not saying he's like Patrick Kane with the puck, but he's pretty good for a defensive guy. And uh, I think the goaltending has to get better for the penalty kill to get better. I think Flurry he's good. I know the team's not that great, but do you, did you notice on the, the tying goal, I think Carter scored? Uh, he, he did the two pad stack save Yeah, and he kicked the net off and it still went in. And I'm, and I'm as a goalie, like, what is this 1980? What, who (laughs) does that anymore? Like he's, he's an NHL elite goalie. He should be able to push off and still be in his butterfly position. So I, I just wish that, uh, we should have, like we, like you said, we should have won in the third period, but it's still, we, we got to stop these softy goals and, um. I think we'll be a better team. Yeah, I did notice that. And and more specifically, when they, they kind of zoomed in on the play, as his pad came over, like his foot came up like a scotch. Yeah. Like like that, very it's a little. Reaction. And, yeah. and that's where that's where the puck went. Um I, I think if he wouldn't have if he wouldn't have hit the post and just slid over, I think that, that wouldn't have been a goal. Well, if he knocked the net off first, right, and then Carter scored, yes, because he was kind of uh, he was kind of knocking the net off, and then his leg was coming up, and then the it, and then it the would have pu- been a penalty, right? Yeah, it would have been a penalty on Flurry for delay a game or something, but right? He yeah, he scored first, and then the net came off. I don't know why Hawks fans were complaining about that. That 
just that was just a bad goal flurry wanted wanted to have back I think yeah he did but hey did you notice uh, Dahan he had a great game man he he, he was, did I think he had like seven plus block shots big key opportunity shots too he and, was uh, man that, that helps goaltenders man that they they notice that they really appreciate that I remember we all we always talk about hammer. Can you think about how many goals he probably prevented just by just being a warrior like that? It's or, amazing. Or just game saved, just playing yeah. like that. Yeah, he created wins that way, man. And in all honesty, I thought that Dehan for the first time all year belonged on the ice the other day. Uh, watching him, he looked like a completely different guy out there. And I think, you know, I think King Derek King is is talking to players trying to get them in their comfort zone and maybe telling guys, hey, listen, um, I want you to play how you want to play hockey. And it, and, and if you really think about it, that's actually a, a superb tactical move because he needs to get eyes on to see exactly what he has. You know, it's like, I don't want you to play like this. I want to see what you're good at, what you can do. And then I'm going to move people around and I'm going to play to their strengths. Because doesn't that work, Matt? Don't you think that... find your role. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tahan's found his role, meaning like, hey, if I want to plan this team, I have to block shots and I have to take care of my own end. And maybe make an occasional pass to the wingers to break the puck out and, you know, maybe get it done that way. But they're not expecting me to score goals like Seth Jones and get maybe uh, 50 assists here. I don't need that. I just need to uh, do my job and stay in my zone and make sure that, you know, I'm not turning the puck over in my own zone and stuff like that. And and then I'm succeeding in my role. To circle back to special teams, something that I would like to see on the power play is less of this pass it to Debrinka to, to, to score because... It's obvious, man. Yeah. Teams are, they are scheming ag- against that. They're letting them pass it, pretty much pass it on the perimeter. And then they're doubling down on, on Debrinkit. And yeah, Debrinkit can get a lot on it, man. And he's really, really good at it. But the problem is, is that you've got Kane on the other end trying to fire this puck at 200 miles an hour so that so that uh, Debrinket could fire it in. And sometimes Debrinket's whipping on it. And I think that's a problem. It's a problem because Kaner's trying to, he, he's trying to make up for the fact that everybody's expecting it. And, and I think that's a problem. What we should do is, you know, leave it as a, leave it as something that we can use, but just pass it to the point, man, and let Seth Jones yep. just fire it in. Just let yep. him fire it up. Let it, let it cause chaos in front and then have a couple guys in front just converge on the net, and uh, and and try and hammer it home. I I don't I don't see a problem with that. I mean, we're, I mean he's not getting his his big contract money yet, but he can fire it, and I'd really like to see that. Let him fire it. Let Gus fire it because uh, you know he can shoot. Um, McCabe doesn't have a bad shot. He can fire it. Just get that puck on net and um, and converge and 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 bang in those bang in those those rebounds. Yeah, old school, man. Get it to the point. Get in front of the net. Get ready for a rebound. And if there's too much traffic, keep moving it until you find an open lane. You know, let right. Painter do his thing. Let him dance. And if he's got nothing on his side, you know, throw it. Throw it to the point. Try to brink at. Let him. Let him do a little magic and see if he's gonna get it over to Kane. If not, get it back to the point. Fire it. 
We saw we we know what Seth Jones could do. That shot was elite, man. Oh yeah, that was a great shot. That was I think it was a wrister too. It was. I like to see him take just a bomb. Yeah, and just have a guy in front ready for a rebound. Just old school. It's just old school hockey right there. Yeah, I want to see him take bombs too. I don't see I don't see why not. You know, um, that yeah, that was just a great goal that he scored. That was actually a goal scorer's goal. What he saw, what he scored because. He just looked at it and he was like, "I'm going top shelf, top right shelf there." Boom. Yep. Went right get, in there. Get 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 a body in front of the goalie's eyes and shoot it. Honestly, if even hit, if yeah. Jari saw saw the shot, I don't even think he would have stopped it. No, no, it was just like DeBrincat's shootout goal, just bar down. Oh you're, yeah, you're not gonna stop that. That thing was. These was guys like, are just elite. It was like they head aim level. for it. They aim for that spot. They yeah. work on that in practice and. When I play with my kid, I aim for that spot too. <laughs> if you were shooting like that, you would not be talking to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's different when I'm playing against you know a seven year old than I am uh, you know like real competition. But um, but yeah, I'm really happy with the direction of the team. Too. It looks like uh, the team has done a 180. Um, every guy on the ice is looking good. I'm really excited to get. Kalanuk and Caleb Jones back, man. I really would like to see Caleb Jones get um, get situated and going because I thought he looked really good in the preseason. I thought that he deserved a spot on the team. Um, I thought that Kalanuk looked really good, and I'm really looking forward to seeing those guys in action. I know they're getting close, but uh, you know we'll uh, we'll have to see, man. Um, what do you got going on with some NHL news? Well, I think the Ottawa Senators are having a really uh, big COVID issue. They're m- missing, like, I think eight to ten guys. Brutal. Which, which sucks, yeah. So hopefully those guys get better and back out. Um, got some other news. Uh, I've been hearing Tuka Rask has been uh, skating in the Bruins practice facility. I know he doesn't have a contract, but he said, hey, when I'm ready to go, I'll be cheap uh, if you want to sign me. I mean, I think the Bruins need some help goal scoring, but uh, if you could get a goalie like Rask, that'll also help your goal scoring because you don't have to worry about, you know, if you if you could score a couple goals a game and you got Rask back there, that's good enough too sometimes. Yeah, I agree. You know, Tuka Rask has been a, been a solid goalie his entire career. Uh, you know, I think that players in general, especially as, as they get older, they might be able to extend their careers if they just get some time off, man. You know, because yeah. what's, let's say the season ends in April, all right? So it ends in April, you get until about June, and then you're training again, you know, for the next season. You know, I, I think that as these guys get older, they just they need more time off to, I don't know, man, to just go and sit in the beach and relax. I mean, look at what's going on with Carey Price. You know, he was having substance abuse issues. If the guy could, you know, just take some time to get away, completely unplug from the game and relax, spend some time with his family, you know, put his toes mm-hmm. in the sand and, and let go without the the stress of having to, you know, to get back to this, you know, unbelievable, this unbelievable state of play, it, it would be, it would, it would, it would really help because we might be getting to a, to a, uh, how do you say a limit with maybe between age and human performance. And what I mean by that is say back in the nineties, guys would, 
the season would end. They'd, you know, have, have a summer of barbecues, drinking beer, you know, hanging out at the lake. And then, you know, a few weeks before camp starts, guys will start skating again, you know, at that point. And then nowadays, you know, guys are, they're, they're, they're managing their calorie intake. They're managing the food that they're eating. They're managing their sleep. They're managing their, the, the supplements that they use to, um, to train and, and when they play. Uh, I mean, Nathan McKinnon's an example of that. You know, he's very strict with his entire team that they're not going to eat any pasta. You know, um, you you have guys that are working out. They're on sp- specific workouts to target agility, to target power, to target strength, to target speed. And we're at, I would probably say we're, we're, we're hitting peak human performance with hockey players today. I'm mean, just look at the amount of guys, you know, we'll say Brandon Hagel's fast. But, you know, take a look at this at, at the league. Who was really slow? Now, th- this this isn't like the old days where you had guys like Tony Amani and Mike Madano who were bl- who were just blazing down the ice, and then you had you know other guys you know on on the on the back end of that. You know, Chris Chelios was never a, a a fast skater. Brad May was never a fast skater, and there was a very big. A drop off in talent regarding speed. Nowadays, everybody's fast. Every single player is fast. All that it, you, if one player gets a step on you, I mean, you're done. And not to mention, if you've got natural, you know, not natural God given ability like you know, like Connor McDavid or, or 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 Barzal. And I think that players these days, you know, they're just pushing their bodies so much just so that they could be in peak performance to be the best player that they can, that it's, it's, it's at a point where mentally they're, they're lacking and, and mentally it's, it's draining on them. So, you know, they're getting to a point in their careers where they're having mental health issues because they're not taking themselves, they're not taking care of themselves mentally like they should be, like like they should be doing, you know, kind of like normal people do. What do you think? Well, yeah, it's like if, if you slow down, there's somebody in the minors that's ready to go that'll take your spot in a second. So these guys feel like, hey, I have to be, you know, if I want my job for the next, you know, 15 to some some guys play 20 years, but... They have to be in perfect shape. And McKinnon, like you said, he's kind of like, they're calling him kind of crazy out there because he watches his diet and stuff. But the guy wants to win. And the guy is, he brings it. But like uh, like you said with Carey Price, uh, you know, it, he had a long grind, man. And it this COVID, two-year COVID thing it probably didn't help. He, was, he had to be isolated from his teammates, his family. Then he makes it to the Stanley Cup final and loses, and it's dude, it's got to be tough on you. And when you're the number one goalie there, I mean, they're relying on, they're already relying on him too much in Montreal. So, yeah, man, it's uh, people got to take care of themselves, and and it's good to see that Tuka Rask took his time too, because uh, he said, "Hey, I need to rest and I need to get right and get my body back in and." Now he's ready to go. He looks like he's energized and ready. So I'm I'm curious to see what the Bruins are gonna do because they do have they're gonna have three goalies then that are pretty close to a number like a one A, one B, and maybe a one C even. But uh we'll see. Really interesting. You know, it's it's kind of like you know, obviously these guys they want to play well and 
you know, the owners want to put the, the best, pro- well, in most cases, I should say most organizations want to put the best product that they can out onto the ice, that it's leading to, you know, it's leading to problems with players. And yeah, there is, there are guys in the minors. And, uh, you know, it's really unfortunate that, you know, m- maybe some careers just won't last as long because, uh, you know, guys just can't handle it. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's it's these guys are you know they're like you said they're training all summer, they're ready to go. They want to be ready in the fall when hockey starts in early October, mid October, whatever it is. And then hey, you make the Stanley Cup playoffs, you got another grind. You make it to the final, you got it's almost like another season. It, it, it is. It it's almost like a season you. and a half. It just kills you, and then you you get the little summertime off, and you're you're exhausted, and it's like, hey, I gotta go back out. Maybe you'll take a week or two off, but most of those guys are just getting ready to go. They don't want to lose it. Can you quickly go over the Bob Murray situation in Anaheim? Well, I don't know much about it. I know that he had some issues with some people in the. Um, the front office, and I guess it's been going on since 2008. Uh, and he did enroll in the alcohol abuse program. So everybody knows somebody that, you know, drinks a little alcohol and they get a little weird and they get mean. And in this case, it's what it sounds like. And uh, people got fed up with it and he uh, stepped down. Yeah, you know, it's not like he was beating the shit out of people. And uh, I'm glad that he's he's seeking help. And, um, you know, what he should should understand is probably, uh, I don't want to say a fault of his, but just a problem that he has. You know, there's nothing wrong with drinking alcohol. Obviously, do all in moderation because anything you do more, it uh, it leads to problems. I'm glad that he's, you know, that he's doing the right thing. But it seems like with the whole Blackhawk situation, like teams are just guys are just on notice now. And yep. uh, especially um, w- with the way people are, are, are treating people, actually, even beforehand, I think that it started, especially when it, uh, you know, Mark Crawford was investigated. A lot of people were talking about how um, Mike Babcock would, uh, you know, would fit, would uh, verbally abuse players. And it makes you question, you know, what exactly is, is, is verbal abuse, you know, because I think in the sporting world, things are. You know, you have a bunch of alpha males together and and things are really amped up. And uh, it's not necessarily the kind of environment for the the timid or the weak, if, if you know what I mean. And oh, yeah. um, I've been verbally abused a lot in my day then. Jeez, like I couldn't stop a beach ball one night. My coach would let me know. I mean, I'm not going to like tell the guy that he should get fired or anything over it. But that's just a part. That's just how it is in the sports world. I, yeah, I, I'm not saying what Babcock did was right, but. I think what Babcock did was kind of corner Marner into a spot saying, hey, who who do you think needs to work harder? And that's not his job. It's not Marner's yeah. job to do that. It's the coach's job in the uh, front office. So yeah. I think that's what got him in trouble. It, it did because, it's, number one, I think that's bullshit. For, to number one, to come to a player and not your captain and, and, and do something like that. And then after that, out the guy. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Could, yeah, I mean, yeah. if you were, if I was in that locker room and the head coach came in and said, hey, these are the guys who have to work hard because, you know, they're dog shit. And by the way, th- this isn't even my opinion. This is what Mitch Marner thinks. You know, you might get your ass kicked, man. 
At least back in my day, I, I would think you're, that you you're going to lose trust with your teammates. Like, what are you going to the coach for, dude? Like, yeah. And it's like, hey, he came to me. <laughs> you know, he asked me what's going on. And yeah, that, that, that wasn't right at all. There's, there's been a lot of incidents and Bob Murray and, I, you know, maybe if this Hawks thing didn't happen, maybe he would kind of take a little leave of absence, maybe. But now their teams don't want a bad rep now and they're just uh, just telling them, hey, you got to go. It's we don't want any of this negative press. I, I forgot to mention earlier that Connor, um, I'm sorry, Nathan McKinnon is out for three weeks with a lower body injury. Oof, yeah, that's got to hurt. He is having a rough start, man. He is. You know what? You know, it looks like, obviously, Calgary, I think, is having a, a a pretty good start to their season, really good start to their season, because a lot of people weren't, uh, me, I, I mean, I wasn't expecting much out of them, and they're playing no. pretty well. And then you got Colorado on the other hand, who everybody thought was just destined to win the Stanley Cup this year. I didn't pick them. And they're having a rough start to the season. You know, a little adversity, I think, is good for the team. But, you know, with, with McKinnon, you know, the leader uh, essentially going down. I mean, obviously, he's not the captain. But I would definitely say that this guy is the leader of this team trying to lead them to a Stanley Cup. I can't say the same thing about their their captain, Gabriel Landeskog. I've never been able to say that about him. But I, I think that McKinnon's the leader of this team. And, uh, and this is really going to hurt them big time. Yep, three weeks. Uh he missed two games uh, with, I think he had he got COVID, and uh, he had to sit out a week. And actually, it was against us the first game. We didn't even get to see McKinnon. Right. And, and uh, we still got. He's uh, only got uh, one goal, man. He's only got one goal this year, which is not what you want to see from your best player. No, it's not. It's not. Um, I believe L.A. is on a six-game winning streak. Um what about Anaheim? Isn't Anaheim on a winning streak as well? Anaheim has this player, um, I think Troy Terry, he is on a 13-game point streak. Wow. And he is just tearing it up. Ryan Getzloff's playing with him, and Getzloff's looking like old-school Getzloff, throwing some nice passes to him. And guy just continues to play well on a team that, you know, you don't expect much from. Well, hey, man, you know, it, it's really great how things are are shaping up in the league. You know, some I think it's just really interesting. It's really nice to see, you know, some changes. You know, it's not the, the predictable, you know, teams being at the top. You know, there's the top teams are, are having issues. Some bottom teams are taking advantage of that and, and winning some games, and it's great. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, me and Matt are, are incredibly appreciative for it. We're really appreciative of the support that that everybody has been giving us. And um, do us a favor, hit subscribe if you haven't so you don't miss out on any future episodes. We drop our episodes every Tuesday morning and Friday morning. So, um, you know, so you have something to do during the weekend and you got something to listen to during your commute uh, during the week. But give us a follow on Twitter if you haven't already. And once again, thank you for listening. This is the Tomahawk. We're out of here.